I want to do this second week. Pastor Bernie, thank you for allowing me to come, my friend, and, and just share my heart. I'm going to go on this. How do I stay focused to pray? I was going to do this a little bit later, and I'm going to do an acrostic with P-R-A-Y, but I want to say this to you. How many of you have ever gotten into prayer and you get stuck? Like, like in the middle of your prayer, stuff starts to go through your minds. Oh, there's seven of you that are honest. Okay, so, so what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is I allow the devil to become my best sec secretary. Because how many of you know when you start getting into prayer, the devil starts messing with you? You know what I'm saying? Now, when I talk about with you, I'm from Pennsylvania. We talk funny. It's with you, okay? So when the devil starts messing with you and he starts to come into your mind and feel like, you know what I'm saying? Get a piece of paper or a pad and get a pencil and start writing down everything that you should have done or everything that you have to do. And how many know this already? You've already done this. How many people do this? But what will happen is it will clear your mind, it will clear your heart, and it will get you into the place of where you're worshiping God in prayer, not just praying. How many people know that every one of us pray? Everybody prays. How many of you like the Lions, Detroit Lions? Now, don't lie. There ain't no shame in your game, right? How many of you people pray every single year that you get to the Super Bowl? Don't tell me you don't pray. How many people know that you can pray about all kinds of stuff? Like, ladies, you're praying for the right man. I'm just saying it's going to happen, okay? Men, you're praying for the right woman, okay? You're praying for protection. You're praying for your children. You're praying for, for uh, objects, possession. Women are praying, God, if I could just have a certain couch and a certain chair and a table. How many are following me so far? We pray about a bunch of stuff, right? But you know what? When it gets downright dirty sometimes, we question why we pray. Now, wait a minute, we're all saved, and we know how to pray in the storm. We go to the hospital, we visit those in family or others with cancer or open heart surgery, and we pray, and God, give us the right words to say, and give us, how many are tracking with me, you know what I'm saying? And so what happens is we start to pray those kind of prayers because we know how to pray that, but we, sometimes we get lost even in a simple prayer thinking God doesn't even hear that. God's not deaf, I tell all the people all the time, I have been, listen, I'm a full-blooded Italian, okay? I've been to funerals. My dad's side was all Catholic, okay? We never even, we never went to the Catholic church. I wasn't raised in the Catholic church. I was raised Protestant, okay? So, but we would go to his side of the family to funerals. Anybody ever been to a, a funeral where somebody doesn't know the Lord? Can somebody at least give me a, a or a hey? Good night, Irene. And so we go to that other side of the family. And I remember my aunts and uncles standing there, and I remember that the grandmother had passed away on one of the fellows, and, and they're screaming. That somebody's screaming, why? The grandmother, this is what happened. A, a child died, and the grandmother's screaming, oh, God, why not me? Why not the me? And the guys are in the back of the funeral home going, oh, God, please, why not her? Like, she's like, how could you do this? How could you do that? And she was screaming at God. She was actually cursing at God at one time. And there's times we get into prayers like that and we think, oh God, we have to yell and scream like you're deaf. And the Bible says you can even, the thoughts of man he knows before we even act on them. So I want to take you through this. How do I stay focused in prayer? The P, the P for pray is position of praise. Oh God, if I can get myself in the position of praise, go forth with praise, Romans chapter 4 verse 21. Go forth with the praises of God in your mouth. Now there's an exclamation point there when he's writing. There's authority in that. Go forth with the praise of God in your mouth. Do, 
Don't look at the giant that may be standing in your way, the test or the trial that tries to threaten you and to keep you from proceeding the promises or processing the promises of God in your life. Look only to God and his word, capital H, his word. Give him praise because what he has promised you, he is also able to perform. See, the next time we have depression, it strikes, and we have oppression that strikes, and, you know, one of the number one diseases today is depression. You know, they say Michigan is number three in the, in the nation of the most depressed state because of our weather. Come on, cloudy days. It's not sunshiny. It's like, oh, my goodness. How many have been there? If I could just see the sun today. Right? Depression sets in. Circumstances, they begin to pile up all around you, and they overwhelm you. Don't bow down and accept defeat. The best way to get rid of depression is to start singing praise. Get your praise on. You know, the Bible says if we don't get our praise on, he'll cause the rocks and the stones to cry out in our place. We need to start learning how to do that. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 1.20, you don't have to keep asking God to deliver you. The Bible says that the promises of God are yea and amen. He's promising us that there will be an answer. Now, the answer might not be the way we want it. How many know that? And it might not be the time in which he's ready to give it. So just begin to praise the Lord when the circumstances overwhelms you, depression of the enemy oppresses you, you can't stay, it can't stay in your life when your heart is filled with praise. Let me give you this situation. I was preaching a few years ago at a retreat, and a young girl walked in, and she's beautiful, beautiful young lady. All the guys were like, oh, man, you know what I'm saying? But she wore long sleeve everything, sweatpants, long sleeve stuff, and nobody really knew what was going on in her life, but she was a horrible cutter. I got a chance to preach about forgiveness and about freedom in Jesus. I began to preach on praise and how to praise the Lord. And this young person came forward after all the baggage of her life, multiple things that happened in her life. Her mother died when she was seven. Her father and brothers were molesting her all these years. She's 17 years old. For 10 years, they've been a part of her life, destroying her life. Come on, somebody. That's a pretty bad life right there. 10 years. She's going through this, and as she's going through this, she comes to this retreat, comes to this altar, and she says to me, my face, there's no way a God could ever heal me, forgive me. I've wanted to hurt people. I, I, I have, I'm, I'm, I'm no good. And I said, I don't believe that worth anything. Let me pray with you. She said, pray with me. Everybody's prayed with me. It doesn't work. I said, let me pray with you one time. I prayed with her, and I watched her drop. I watched her drop straight out. I never touched her. She, and I watched her lay there when everybody else was gone. She was still there on the floor. I remember her sitting up, and, and a woman came up who was her counselor. And I remember her saying to me, she said, you have no idea where I've been, what I've done. And she began to tell me this story and how she's a cutter. And she showed me. She pulled her sleeves up. And I'm telling you, friends, I've seen people that cut, but I have never seen anything like this in my life. I mean, the scars are still in my, my thoughts. I still see it. She pulled her, her, her sweatpants down, shorts on. She had all this cutting, bloody. I'm talking, it was the most gross thing I've ever seen in my life. Most gorgeous girl, you would never know it from the outside because she never showed anybody. And I said to her, I said, okay, now you're saved. God has cleansed you, washed you, forgiven you. I want you to go back to your cabin. I want you to get your praise on. And I'm going to tell you this, my God, your God is going to show up. You're going to come here tomorrow different. Now, I didn't know how much different until the next day. 
Wait a minute. We, we, we ask God for things. And then we, we, act, we act as though we don't believe it's going to happen. So I said, girl, get your praise on. Like, literally, go home. I said to the council, go praise with her. Get her some music. Put her head. Let her go to sleep praising God. Because this girl has not slept in 10 years. I'm talking, yeah, she'll sleep. But you know what I'm talking about when you're going through a storm. You don't sleep good. You don't sleep comfortable. You don't get a whole night's sleep. This girl was miserable for those 10 years since her mother died, now 17 years old. The next day, she comes in, and she's, she's totally transformed in her spirit. I was like, whoa, what is that? I'm in the middle of preaching. In the middle of preaching the next day, I hear this, can I say something? Now, I don't know about you, Pastor Bernie, but when we're preaching, somebody just yells something. It's like, I see that hand, but I must move on. And we keep going. And she's like, I want to say something. I didn't know who it was. I thought it was a heckler at first. And it was this young girl. She stands up, and I said, oh, come here. Oh, come here. Yo, you got something to say. So she came up front, not knowing what she was going to say, took, takes her jacket off, short sleeve shirt, and I'm going to tell you what God did. Listen, I'm talking about the worst cutting I've ever seen in my life. But that morning when she began to speak, I saw her arms. They were like pink skin, brand new, pink, pink, brand new skin. A nice clap. Let me tell you something. We do this as Christians. We pray these prayers as though sometimes they will happen, but are they really going to happen? God blew my mind, Rachel. I'm telling you, I just saw it. I was like, what? I, I did. I just like, what? And she's like, look what God did. I got my praise on. I got saved last night. They're like, I thought you were saved. She goes, no, I've not been saved. I've been in church, but I'm not saved. But I got saved last night. I put my praise on. Look what my God did. He loves me. I said, yeah, he does. Say it again, girl. He loves me. Totally transformed. That's what happens when you get your praise on. Come on, somebody. You'll be encouraged by that one. Everybody can say, oh, you keep praying. Keep pressing through. Yes, keep praying. Keep. I'm not making light of that. I'm talking about the P of pray is position of praise. Man, when I can get in my position of praise, you can't touch this. Because I'm set. Skip, you know what I'm talking about. You start walking a different way, talking a different way. You're in the marketplace in a different way. Listen, man, when I got my stuff on, I'm in a restaurant, I'm getting my praise on. Somebody asks me a question. I take out my earbud. I'm like, how can I help you? What's going on? You're a little too friendly. Oh, I'm just getting my praise on. What you got? You want to freak people out? Start getting your praise on. Come on, somebody. That's a good woo woo. That'll happen, okay? Get your praise on. One thing I've learned a long time ago is when I do begin to write things and I get things out, God begins to move. And when he moves, it brings a place of awe and pray. It's the releasing, the releasing of what's in my heart and what's in my mind. How many people know you try to get rid of it in your heart, but you don't always get rid of it in your mind? Now, women, I love you, okay? I really do. I love it. I'm married 32 years. I love my wife. Known her 34 and a half. My nephew's sitting right there. I got to watch what I'm saying. But I'm just telling you straight up, I, love, I have three sisters. I know what it's like when there's a cat fight or when there's a fight among sisters or family. I'm just telling you, women, sometimes, you know what you're like in high school. You, free, you say, I love you. I'm sorry, but you never, oh, come on, ladies. You, you don't forget. 
I remember my sisters, it's like years later, we had a went to a wedding of my cousins. And I remember my sisters saying, this happened when they were little kids. I remember when I was five years old, that girl right there, we were at the wedding. That girl right there, she stole my, my Barbie doll. I have never, I told her I love her, forgive her, but I've never forgotten that. You got to start releasing. Come on now. Don't be hating me. You got to start releasing what's in your heart. Guys were just like, let me tell you something. I'm sick of it. Boom, boom. And it's like five minutes later, let's go get pizza. Let's go eat. Come on, guys. Because we just know we're built like that. We're wired like that. So maybe watch this. If I can get out of my heart and my mind, maybe we look at all different places for help. We forget we can press towards the Savior. Maybe we've forgotten that he never changes. And he still holds the power to heal and to set free. Come on, somebody. Maybe we don't believe that he can or wants to or work on our behalf. Maybe we forget at times that he still is the God of miracles and that actually the act of immediately that he can do in that moment what might take years for us to work through on our own. So let's set aside our fears as we move forward with him today in faith. Somebody said to me, why is God not healing everybody? I said, if God healed everyone, why would we need faith? Why would we need faith? In fact, even the ones that walked with him at times lost their faith in who he was. Ask Peter when you get to the kingdom what happened to him. He was with the Savior and denied him three times. I'm just saying it happens when circumstance release in your heart and your mind those things to God. He knows your pain. He knows how long you've been doing. He knows how tired you are. He knows that you're bottling up stuff and he knows that you're packaging things in your heart that you should be releasing. Rele Come on, friends, releasing through pray. How do I stay focused to pray? I release things in my heart and my mind because the more you get off your chest, the less time you'll have busy having that stroke you're about to have. Stress is going to kill you. I learned a long time ago, I have to laugh through a lot of stuff. None of the am I funny. I'm just telling you, I have to laugh through a lot of stuff. Because if I don't learn to laugh, I'm going to, turn, I'm going to learn how to cry, and it's going to get stressful. So let's choose to believe that our situation and circumstance is never too big to bring healing and freedom when I release my heart and my mind. The A of pray is attitude. Now look next to you. you, somebody next to you got attitude, you know that. Just look at him. Now let's see you looking. Which one in the family has attitude? You can go like that. I, I see, see you're looking at one, I'm looking at all. Attitude, but it's not that kind of attitude. It's this kind of attitude. I've got four things to give you, maybe five. Always, always of attitude. Always start with a humble heart. Always start with a humble heart. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, 14 says, start this way. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. God says, I'm about to heal somebody. So who's he talking about my people? He's talking about us Christians. So the first thing he tells us to do is humble ourselves. Pride kills. Humility defeats the enemy. See, we're full of pride. God cannot hear us when we're full of pride or prideful. So we must get rid of the pride and go into our prayer with a heart that is humble. So this means this. I submit to God who I am because he already knows me, who I am, the things that I'm going through. In humility, I come and bring my petitions between God 
And my attitude has to say, okay, it starts with me, a humble heart. Number two, let God answer prayers in his time. What'd you say? I thought I heard amen. Thank you, brother. Let God answer prayers in his time. How many have ever tried to help God? Yeah. Yeah, and we're still there. It's 2019. That's something we prayed in 2001. God, we are 18 years removed. What has happened, man? It's been 18 years. Look at the life of Joseph. How would you like to go through that for 13 years? I mean, everybody's beating you up. Everybody's selling you. People are making fun of you. They're putting you in prison. You're even interpreting dreams. Joseph. And for 13 years, he went on a journey. You don't think to him that was like a lifetime? Today's society is a right now society. Come on, somebody. How many? I want it right now. We want instant everything, don't we? I mean, I, listen, I, I was sitting in Social Security, Social Security yesterday, okay? Um, is that right, Social Security? Yeah, I was over there. Uh, state, state, uh, Secretary of State, excuse me. As a Secretary of State. They have 12 different lines, right? 12 different lines. You go in, you, how many have been there? Like, I'm getting old. I'm getting old. Next week, I'm going to be real old. I ain't saying my age. I'm just telling you straight up. It's happened. New license. I could have renewed the plates online, you know what I'm saying? But new license, you got to do new, Okay? And I'm in line, there's only four windows open. Now don't judge me, how many been there? How many been to Myers? Just make everything self-serve and just bring four or five ladies out that can help you, okay, if the light goes on. I'm just telling you, we're wasting money, we're wasting time. I, I had to sit there for an hour and it's, my number was still 36. I was still 36 in line after one hour. I thought, I'm out! I'm not gonna stay there. But too often we pray, come on, God, come on, God, where are you? Hurry up, hurry up, God. We seem to forget that God is the perfect person for the perfect time in the perfect way, which will answer all our prayers. Because, and we don't, we can't even answer our own prayers because we can't fix it. But we always wonder where he's at. We need to let God do his perfect work, his perfect time, and stop trying to rush him with our imperfect schedules. Come on. Sometimes God will answer a prayer immediately. Sometimes he will just say no, which will turn out to be the perfect answer in the long run. And sometimes he will say, not yet. I bolded that in my sermon, not yet. So let him answer prayers in his time. Number three, let God answer prayers in his way. In his time, in his way. Isaiah 55, 8 says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways are my ways. Okay, God, then how are you going to answer this? Get ready to let your mind be blown. How many people have ever had their mind blown with God? Like, you thought you was getting this, and God says, but I've got all this. I remember, I remember my first year of traveling, and there was a, there was a statement used to say that you're going to get a lot more love than offering. I never understood that. I preached my heart out, big church, have fun and everything, and it's like, we got a gift for you, and uh, we got a mouth harp, you can have that and try to learn how to play that, and we got a gift card for a gas card. I'm like, $16 on the gas card, five bucks at McDonald's. I'm like, 
And I'm like, God, I remember, I'm just being real with you. I remember going home and going, wait, God, I served you 27 years in four, church, four different churches, 27 years. I love youth, man. I was the best youth pastor I could be. You honored me with the with gift of, of being able to give me a salary. Oh, God, now I'm on my own. And you're like, you're spitting on me. Don't judge me. I'm just burying my soul with you. It's 2019. I can say it. At the end of the year, I hope I'm not saying it. But I remember it was my first year. I remember coming home and I was kind of upset. I flew back. I spent four days. I did leadership training. I did this group with millennials, group with youth. I did a men's conference. I spoke nine times in four days. They wore me out. I did a women's thing too. And I was like, that was the best thing though. The women, they're always happy and stuff. And they're giving you some food to eat. And that's good with me. I remember getting home and I was like, God, it isn't fair, man. And God says, son, life's not fair. I said, no, don't say that. I've been saved since I've been eight years old. I grew up with a family with an alcoholic father. I didn't drink. I didn't smoke. I didn't do all that. I stayed pure all my life. I married the right woman. Now I'm on my own. Where you been, man? You abandoned me? Don't judge me. I'm just saying that's how I think. And I remember the next day going to the mailbox, on the mailbox, because I heard one guy say, don't worry about it because the check's coming. Like, they said that. Like, you know, you know how people say to you, well, the check's in the mail. And I was like, man, there ain't no check in the mail, man. I get this junk mail. I'm in Byron Center. I get the Byron Center News. I get Costco. I don't even use that. It's like, God, where is that check? Came home on a Sunday. Monday, I'm looking in the mailbox. I'm like, ah, check in the mail. Yeah, nothing. Tuesday, nothing. Tuesday night, I went to bed, and I'm like, you know, God, I know you had me where I was supposed to be, and I'm sorry. Forgive me, God. The next day was a Wednesday. I go to the mailbox. There's a check for $2,500. Now, I'm at the mailbox going, there's a God. Woo! God, you love me. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Like I'm all that spiritual. And it wasn't his way. And so I learned really quick 10 years ago to trust God. Like, trust God. Because I'm out there and just do God's thing. Just, just be God's. I love what you said tonight about being you, man. When you're you who God created, you don't have to be like somebody else. I can't sing like, tap dance like. I can't preach like. I can't act like. I can't do anything else. This is what you get. Be the you that gets it. Like, get you. Like, don't be like, well, somebody else has more. To just get you, okay? Because God loves you. And he died for you, specifically to be you. And he created you to do something that nobody else is going to do. So be the best you you can be. And when you do that, man, I'm telling you, when he starts to answer in his way, oh, you better be ready because it's good stuff. Does it always happen? No, 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 no. It doesn't always happen, but... When he does it, he does it at his time in his way, and that's okay. Amen. Number four, realize, and when it, this is not offensive, but this is true, realize that God does not need your help. You better explain that one. Don't ask God for the things and then immediately go to work trying to fix them yourself. He doesn't need your help. God doesn't need your help. One of the biggest problems we have as we encounter some kind of a problem is when we go to God in prayer, we ask for his help. And then as soon as we say amen, we start to figure out how to solve the problem without his help. 
Now wait, we're humans, that's gonna happen, okay? We're human beings, but if you ask God for help, stand back and let him help you. Like just release it. See, this is what I'm saying about, I tell people all the time now, listen, I know that you've been praying. I was in a church not too long ago and they had a, they had a tragedy, something bad happened. I said, come on up here right now. Pastor told me, I said, where is so-and-so? I didn't even start preaching. I said, where is so-and-so? Can you do me a favor? I just found out you've had a tragedy. Can you come up front and we can pray for you? And the whole church knew anyways. They had been praying. We prayed for her and I said, okay, now I want you to do me a favor. I want you from this side, we just prayed. Would you come on over here? And they all just went like this, you know. I, and I, I was like, I wanted them to walk, but they all kind of, there was nine of them, they're kind of moving. Like, I said, well, you can walk over here. And they finally get to this side, and I said, okay, how many people in the church know how to praise God? Anybody know how to praise? Because we just came out of praise and worship. And a little lady, a little lady in the back said, I, I know how to get my praise. I said, come on up here, sweetheart. Another one, a little guy, I, I know how to praise. I said, come on up here. I said, because we're going from prayer, and we're going to go to praise. Hello? So when I move from prayer, because God already heard it. Come on, church, and where we get stuck. No, wait a minute now. Don't, don't hate me. I know it'll probably be a while before I come back, but I'm just saying. <laughs> but, but don't hate me in this. God heard you when he first heard your thought. And then we begin to scream when we don't get our results. And we pray as though we're hating God because he did not hear us. Now, I don't know about the God you serve, but the God I serve is not that small. When I put God in a box and think that I'm going to pray, oh, God, I'm going to pray harder. I'm going to get more prayers on and more prayers on. Listen, keep on praying. Don't stop praying. But if you get in this area over here, where you get your groove on, you know what happened when this woman got in praise? I went back to preach like three months later. I said, where is so-and-so? You want to know that so-and-so was there with the son that was hit, almost died, was in the hospital for a long time, and the son was right beside her three months later in the, in the church. That's what happens when you get your praise on. So quit trying to ask God, like, oh, God, I think I can help you. God said, no, you can't. It's like this. Remember Zechariah. Zechariah, did you notice that God waited to answer his prayers? He wanted, he waited until he was so old to have children. Why do you think God did it that way? Why do you think God waited so long? We've had times where we need specific prayers, and God knows, God sees. We're his children. He hears us. He even hears the people that don't know him, like have a relationship with him. And we have a hard time when people are that are healed and not my son or my daughter healed. And I've been serving God all my life. Let me tell you something. Any type of healing you need to praise God for. Any type of miracle you better praise God for. Any type of finances you better praise God for. Number five is this. Let God answer prayer for his reasons. For his reasons. God will answer prayer when he knows it's the best. He will answer prayer in the way that he knows best. And God will answer the praise for the reason he knows is best. God knows. You remember the story I was telling you earlier about Joseph in the Bible? God gave Joseph that dream. God has given some of you a dream. He's given some of you a ministry. And it's not full fruition yet. You're on the first start of your journey. Can I tell you this? 
If he's given you the dream, he'll fulfill the dream. Thank you, sister. <laughs> Listen, if he's given, I get too excited, man. I'm telling you, I thank God I'm a Christian, man, because I'm a freak. I'm at a gas station pumping gas the other day, and before I hung the, 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 the um, hose up or whatever, nozzle, nose, when, hose, before I hung it up, I seen this lady that was str struggling to get her gas tank open, okay? She was struggling to get this thing. Now, today, they have it. You open it up, and there's just a hole, and put it right there, okay? And I looked at her. I said, ma'am, you having okay? She said, I can't get this open. I said, do me a favor. Pull around here. Just pull around here. And then I want you to get out of the truck a second. She had a truck. She had little kids in the truck. She pulled around. I said, what? She said, I said, can you just hold this? Don't hang it up. Can you just hold that? Just hold that a second. She said, who are you? I said, don't worry about it. I don't even work here. Just hold this. And I moved my car, and I parked my car, and I ran back over, and she's like this. Like, how many of you would just actually stand there like? You know, somebody would be like. You don't know. You don't know today. People crazy. So, so she's holding a thing like this. And I walked over to, and I, I went back, and I said, now pull your, I took it back. I said, pull your truck up. And she said, what? I said, pull your truck up. And I said, this is the way you do it. And I got it off. It was really hard, but I got it off. And then I started filling up her gas, and she's looking at me going, who, who are you? And I said, I'm just, a, I'm just a person who loves people. And I'm crazy. And then she went like this. She goes, well, how crazy are you? I said, can I tell you this? Crazy enough to fill your tank up. And who are you? Where are you from? I said, I'm not really from here. She said, oh, hey, kids, I told you. I told you there's aliens. I told you. She's telling her kids. <laughs> it blew my mind. I'm like, no, 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 no. I get on the and I gave her a little hug, and I said, God bless you. Be on the way. She pulled out her. I'm going to tell you this right now. You don't think that woman at one time was praying, God, if somebody, if somebody even saw me, if somebody could even fill my tank up, if somebody could just out of nowhere, God bless me. You don't know what she prayed. You don't know if she prayed, okay, God, show me who you are. Show me if you're real. Show me if there's something in life. Come on, church. We have the answer. It's through prayer. And God says if we will just do what he says, from the beginning when he gives you the dream, you pray about it. He'll fulfill it. It might be 13 years later, 17 years later, three days later he promises you he promises you do it and I love his promises are true and they're whole so if you're sitting in this room tonight you don't think God knows you you don't think God understands you you don't think God has your number he knows not only your social security number he knows where the birthmarks are God knows exactly why because he created you sir he's created you ma'am to do his will and his purpose that's why we pray that's why we pray let me give you the why, and I'm done. And I'm not going over tonight. I'm going to go right at it. Give me something, somebody. I got four minutes. Oh, come on up here, brother. Where you at with that guitar? Get up on stage because people get nervous. P-R-A and the why. Gentlemen, I want you to look at your wives right now or girlfriends. I want you to say this with me. You look at them in the eye right now. Just go ahead, look at him. If you're with somebody, even with your girlfriend or boyfriend, or googly eyes towards somebody, be careful now. I want you to say this. Baby, God's caused me to yield to you. Wait, I heard that. Somebody went. <laughs> Don't be laughing. God wants me to yield. My prayer is yielding to God. 
Now, what does yielding mean? Yielding means relinquish. When I yield to God, I relinquish. To summarize this is this. Kathleen Marshall's book, Adventures in Prayer, when we relinquish ourselves to God, we are giving up our self-will, we are giving up our demanding spirit, and we're seeking no more to do the things that are our way but his way. Thus, to relinquish is to accept willingly whatever he sends me, even whatever he demands of me. It's to do whatever he says, and it's going wherever he leads. But we do not go alone. His life relinquishment is only and does not give up on hope. It's full of the hope. Thank you, Jesus. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ, his righteousness. For when we relinquish all to God and we put our hand in his hand, And he leads us, hence, the life of relinquishment is being always with him, being comforted always at his side. I yield to you, God. I relinquish everything in my life. The Bible says in Job 22, verse 21, yielding means to submit. Submit means to go along with, to be at peace with God. God, whatever you want. 2 Chronicles 37 and 8 says, It means not to be stiff-necked as children of Israel were or by the stubbornness found themselves in desolation, giving up by God to the slavery of their sins. That's not what it means. It means to be soft-hearted towards the Lord, willing to serve the Lord always, submitting to the Lord in all my ways. So, Lord, I lift up to you, I yield to you who I am. I'm telling you because you know who I am, but I want you to hear what I have to say. When I offer my body for his service, in service, I'm offering my talent, my time, my prayer as an act of service because we are yielding to him, will ascend to him a pleasing aroma. So how do I stay focused to pray? I position myself with praise. I release my heart and my mind. I guard my attitude. And God, I yield to you whatever you have. Friends, I'm so excited about 2019. Because in our culture, all hell is breaking loose. Our government's crazy. Democrat, Republican, independent, it's all nuts. It's all nuts. There are people who don't even respect the position anymore. They hate the position. But how many know that God's going to have his way? And I mean to tell you this, I'm excited because this next year or so, I'm going to watch God blow the minds of people. Oh, they thought they, they thought they had the corner market. Brother Bernie, they thought they had you in the corner. They had knives out and guns out and machetes. They were ready to go at you, bro. And you're sitting in the corner thinking, Really? Do you think I'm backed into a corner? Do you think my hands are tied? Do you not see who's around me? Do you not see who's with me? Because greater is he that's with me. We got to get busy with this, man. Because when I pray, I pray, oh God, what do you have for me? Where do you want me to go? Every place I set my foot is you gave to Joshua. 
You gave to Moses, God. Give to me. Give to Joshua that I can set one life free with one step in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, one step into a life when I pray, God, you release the power and the authority and the anointing that you can't touch this. So you might see me backed up, but God sees me in full armor. The world might see me as a coward. God sees me as a hero. People might see you as unarmed, but through the word of God and through the faith of God, the shield of protection, the sword of, I'm telling you right now, we're in a battle. You better rise up and learn how to pray. You better learn how to pray. And when you pray, get your praise on. I'm just telling you, because when you get your praise on, you get everything off your mind, and it all goes up towards the glory of God. Would you bow your heads, please? Father God, tonight I'm asking, is there one person that's what I'm asking tonight. Is there one person in this place you came to visit? You don't know what I'm talking about. You don't understand the freedom that I'm talking about. Your life is a mess. You're sitting here going, somebody invited me. Somebody told me they got food down the street here. Somebody told me we're going out afterwards. They told me, just come to church, see what it's like. God, what did you get me into? That's what I'm here. You might be sitting in this room thinking, why am I here? God said, this is your night. Because on this night, I'm going to set you free and show you who I am. So if there's a man and woman at the sound of my voice, a young person, you don't know what's the what in your life, I'm telling you now, it's Jesus. I'm going to ask you on the count of three, if that's you and you don't understand, and you need Christ in your life, you're not Christian, you're not serving the Lord, you're not, you're not a believer in Christ, but you came and you're a mess and there's some things you've got to get right. I'm telling you tonight, God will set you free, clean you up, move you on your way. Even whatever you look like, it doesn't matter anymore. God can use the you. If that's you tonight, every head bowed, every eye closed, all I want you to do, I, want you to embarrass, I don't want to embarrass you, I just want to ask you to do me a favor. You want to slip that hand up and say, that's me. I need Jesus. Come on, brother, I see you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Brother, this is what God has for you, man. Whew. Thank you, Lord. I got one. Is there another one? That's me. My life's a mess, man. I'm telling you right now. I'm in a relationship. I'm not. I'm doing this. I'm not. I got a job. I don't. It doesn't matter. Anybody else? Here's my second plea. And I'd like to do me a favor. Every one of you, I'd like you to stand where you're at. Just everybody stand because I want to make this as unawkward as I can. You were Christians in this room. We're saved. Our faith might be a little different. Our walk might be a little different. Our talk might be a little different. We might not be as what they say, spiritual as somebody else. But all of a sudden, you're going into 19 and you're told to go into prayer and fasting. You're like, you know, God, I've been praying and fasting and stuff's happening. Like, I don't get this, man. Like, oh, listen, hell and the arsenal of hell is all going to come at you. When you start to take time for God, it's like a diet. When you start to diet, don't tell me how hungry you're going to be in the next minute. It's going to happen. I'm on a Daniel diet. It's been three days. I'm about to die. Listen. Listen, friends. Do the journey, man. Do the journey because at the end you're going to be like, it was worth it. You'll see miracles. You'll see things. But wait, you're here tonight and you're like, I'm going through the storm. I'm going exactly what you're saying, man. I'm trying to release my praise, but I'm stuck in my heart. I know God can do it, but I'm stuck. I need prayer, man. I need just one person, even if there's one extra person, I don't even know them, just to come up and put their hand on my back and say, I love you, I'm praying for you. To stand with me in faith. You might be financially going through something and think, God, you don't even know me, you don't know my address. I'm telling you this, he knows where you live and he knows your mailbox number. And he'll throw whatever he has to at the right time. 
You might say, my kids are wayward. Listen, I've been praying. God, this is a year for victory, but I'm not sure, God. It's another year I've been praying. And you know what God says? I'll bring them home. Let me do it. How about you getting your praise on and releasing out of your heart? Will you quit worrying? Because anxiety brings stress. Stress brings, come on, somebody. So if that's you tonight, with the person that I asked to get saved, don't move yet. Don't move yet, sir. You raise your hand. Everybody else, let me ask you a question. Anybody here want prayer tonight for something you're going through? I want you to step out of your seat right now, and I want you to come meet me. Just come. I don't care if there's one. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you. Thank you, baby. I need prayer. Don't be that strong. Don't be that better. You know what? I don't need. You're going through something, and maybe you're trying to do it on your own. You're asking God, but you need, is there anybody else? Come on. Just step out. I need a brother with this brother right here. I need a sister with this sister. I need a brother with this brother, sister with this sister, sister with this. Come on now, that's what I'm talking about. Let's get real with God because this is the right thing to do. God, what do you have in my life? We're not going to prolong this. We're not going to beat this with a drum. I'm just telling you straight up, is there anybody else going through something? Don't lie to yourself. Don't leave this place because this is what we do. I can handle this. Anybody else? Hey, Jerry, do me a favor. You know how to pray. Would you step out and come here, Jerry? I can do that. He's my brother at my table, man. Come on, Jerry. I need, where's Skip at? Skip up here? Oh, Skip is here. Okay, forget it. You got it right there. I want you with this brother over here. Come here. Right here. Right here with the glasses. Because you know how to pray, Jerry. Now, let me ask you this. Is there anybody here that has a family member or somebody that came up that you'd like to stand beside him? Because I want to be not just one, but two, double. Let's, is it double anointing. Does anybody up here have a son or a daughter or girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife? Come on, I want you to come. Come and stand with them. Anybody? Okay, yes, please, thank you. I want to first lead the sinner's prayer, and then I want to pray a prayer over you. And the rest of you, I'd like you to do me a favor. I want us to really know that we know that we know. And if you don't, there's still room at this altar. This is not an embarrassing thing. This is a reinforcement thing. Everybody thinks the altar is embarrassing. Like, they're going to know what I did. Nobody knows what you did. I didn't talk about specific sins. I'm talking about prayer. Anybody else, real quick, you need prayer. Maybe a healing or something like that. Healing in your body, healing in your mind. Depression, oppression. Anybody? Okay. The rest of you do me a favor then. Where you're near somebody, don't have to, it might get sweaty. If you want to hold a hand, good. Let's believe in faith. Let's believe together as couples. And even if by ourselves, just maybe extend a hand. Don't do this. Kind of do this. You'll get tired after a couple minutes. Do it like this. But I want to pray this prayer. Everybody in this place. Lord Jesus. No, everybody in this place. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me. Come into my life. Wash me. Let my past be the past. God, I know that you're here because I feel you. And it's overwhelming right now. But I submit myself to you and your authority. And I receive you as the Savior of my life. Heal me, forgive me, set me free. In Jesus' name. Father, tonight there are those that came forward to rededicate or to give stuff to you. All over this place, whether we stepped out or not, whether we just stepped out or not, whether we're standing there, God, from the, the wife, the husband in relationship, to the mother-in-law that's sick, the father-in-law, grandparents or not, God, oppression, uh, depression, God, uh, ADD, ADHD, Lord, um, um, Asperger's, all, God, everything, Alzheimer's, everything that you have, God. 
autism in the name of Jesus. It's so big today, God. God, for disease and sickness and cancer and all these things we can name, we can name all the body parts. God, today, we submit to you and pray to you that you would heal my relationship with you first. First of all, heal my relationship with you. I come to you in prayer. I come to you to pray. God, I release my heart and my mind. I get my praise on right now. I'm going to praise you because it's only you that can do it. Come on, somebody. I'm going to begin to praise you as though I know. I don't know what the outcome. It doesn't matter anymore. I'm going to begin to praise you because I've already prayed about it. I'm going to continue to pray about it. But I'm going to continue to praise about it. And I'm going to yield to you, God. I'm going to yield to you because I'm tired of trying to do it on my own. I'm exhausted, man. Every time I turn around, I'm thinking of my kids and my daughter. And I'm thinking of my family. I'm thinking of my, my sons. I release them to you. I yield them to you in prayer. And I ask you in the name of the power of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, God, have your way. I submit to you, God. I yield to you, God. May my attitude be that gratitude, God. And let me look next time down the street for the person that needs gas. Let me blow their mind. The person at a table that needs their food taken care of. The lady that's wayward that needs diapers. In Costco, somebody's struggling. Help me to be the blessing in the name of Jesus. I pray you use me like never before, God, at 19. And I pray that it's not long, but however long it is, I'm going to endure. Because I'm with the Savior. You're my Savior. You're my Master. I rededicate myself. I rededicate my life. I push forward in 2019 to do your will and your way. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Church, God bless you, saints of God. Go out there and make a difference. Make a difference. Come on, brother.